Welcome, dear friends, to Kardec Radio at 11 p.m., nourishing our souls with Lifting Hope. Lifting Hope is a program based on the book Memoirs of a Suicide, which was published in 1956 by the Brazilian Spiritist Federation and comes to life in English and finally here in Therapeutic Conversations at Kardec Radio, bringing this information to the world. This book is not only for people who are thinking of suicide or have had suicides in their families. It is about life. It's about hope. Yvonne Pereira, the medium, brings to us the awareness that first and foremost, life goes on. Interesting enough, today I watched a, a brief moment at an interview and at Oprah, she was uh, interviewing Elizabeth Gilbert. And when she asked Elizabeth, who is a novelist, about uh, where does the soul go, the author of the book, Eat, Love and Pray, replied, nobody knows it. And I was shocked with the answer. I felt that it was so unfair to say that nobody knows because we know we know so we know that life goes on there is pre plenty evidence that life goes on that in the afterlife there are several different descriptions cross-cultural descriptions about what happened in the afterlife and there are scholars like William James and, of course, mostly Alan Kardec, who researched extensively on it. Of course, the methods he used are particular to the science of the spirits. But we have clear evidence that depending on how we are feeling what we've done we're going to end up here or there in the afterlife one thing we know there's hope so when people watching a program like that and somebody who is not versed in the science of the spirits simply replies nobody knows it's not only ignorance but it's irresponsibility because we need to understand that there are people who are suffering in this world. Imagine somebody who is at a hospital, a deathbed, and is watching a program like that. And somebody asks, where does the soul go? And the other person who is somewhat has become renowned because of her book that became a movie, says, nobody knows. If the person doesn't think for him or herself, they're going to be distraught in their hearts, anxious. So we need to be responsible for what we say. The opinions we emit, especially on national TV or international. So we have to be responsible for what we say. These are the notes in our introduction of the program Lifting Hope Today, which is all about a merciful intervention that was planned out by Mother Mary to Geronimo Silveira's family. You'll be delighted with it. 
Welcome, dear friends, to Kardec Radio. Hello, Raquel Bakeshi. How, how have you been? I can see other friends here, and I can see here. Sol Souza. Hello, Sol. Karina Lisi, a big hug to you, Karina. Sunshine, she's just done a beautiful program on repented criminals in the after afterlife. Virgo is one of them today, right? It's a beautiful chapter to observe as we are talking about what happens in the beyond. There are scholars who are very serious about it. We cannot be irresponsible saying we don't know what happens in the afterlife. We already know it. It's reported. It's investigated. It's We have compelling evidence. Enough with the irresponsible considerations that may bring hopelessness to many people who need hope, right? Hello, Teresa Castro. Hello, Alan Swift. Hello, Daisy Gallen. Hello, Rihanna. Hello, Tony Torres. How have you been? Felicia is here, beautiful program with her daughter this morning on the book Our Father by Mimi. Just beautiful, wonderful. Hello, Carol Correa. How have you been? Now I see John the Rosa. Hello, dear friend. How are you? And I know there are more people. If I can't see you, write it down because we want to say hi. Why? Because it makes this a classroom for us. This program is not about going viral. No. Our concerns are not about popularity because Jesus and the Christ consciousness are never concerned about popularity. We work one-on-one -on -one with people and those who need it. But we're making these teachings available for people who need instruction, for people who want to feel the joy of living, for those who are thinking that they are fulfilled, they can go on with their lives. If they want to tune to Kardec Radio, we are here for you. Okay, dear friends? So today, we're going to go back to a chapter that we have started in a previous program yesterday. Remember Jerónimo? Jerónimo was a wine dealer in Portugal in the 19th century. He had four children, three daughters, one son, and a wife. But he went bankrupt. He couldn't deal with the pain and the shame. He killed himself. In the spiritual realm, after going through a very difficult, disturbing phase in the Valley of Suicides, he was mercifully rescued by the legion of Mother Mary servants. In the hospital of Mary of Nazareth, he started his treatment. He received healing treatments to his very spirit, but mostly re-educational treatment to his mind. At some point, he refused to go on until he saw his family. The mentors advised not to go back to the earth yet. 
since he wasn't ready to face the consequences that his act of suicide had on his very family. But stubborn and rebellious, using the very words of Camilo Botelho in this book, he is allowed to go back, though not advised to do so, or advised against it. And he sees the worst case scenario. His wife prostituting herself, pushing her very daughter Margarita to prostitution, the son Albino in jail. It was enough for him. He couldn't take it any longer, went back to the spiritual realm and spent three years in the isolation ward where he was carefully educated by a spirit friend, a teacher, receiving treatments. Now in this chapter that we're reading, we learn the beauty of uh, the visitation that Camilo, Bellarmino, and others paid to Jerónimo. And they got to know through Father Anselmo de Santarém that he made a prayer to Mother Mary in deep repentance, but asking for her mercy to intervene in the life of her family, in the life of her family. And in the life of her family, she replied. That's where we stopped, right? Hmm? All right. We'll get to your question soon, Teresa. I will, I will answer to that in a minute, okay? So he said that he received to his surprise after a prayer. Let us remember, this is a suicidal spirit making a sincere prayer to Mother Mary and her answer to him. Four pages that twinkled like stars in his hands, bluish characters, as if threads of the blue firmament had been used by the temple initiates to transmit the sublime inspirations they received on behalf of the sufferers, translated the orders that the magnanimous lady had sent on his behalf. You want to know what happened next? You'll be surprised or not, but I was. Because Mother Mary was so, not only merciful, but so compassionate and empathetic to the whole family suffering that she customized a beautiful intervention to rescue the whole family and everyone who was connected to them. It is amazing. This is a lesson for us that may lift up our hopes because there is no prayer that goes unanswered. So he says here, my poor Margarita and Albino were to be taken immediately to an emergency outpost 
maintained by this institute, either on the Earth's surface or adjacent to it, in order to undergo a special magnetic treatment for their mental psychical readjustment, as well as their nervous system, which had been seriously compromised by their dreadful environment and disorganized by the intensity of the blows from the struggles they had to go through every day. They were to be counseled, warned, instructed, because what they needed most was inner illumination. A charitable current of love, sympathy, and protection was to be established around them because the higher astral would create the circumstances needed for events to take place. So we're talking about inner illumination. They had magnetic treatments to adjust and counseling, warnings, instructions. So let us observe the therapy that they are using here, okay? The therapy that they are using here. Okay, the page that I'm reading here is 892 in this book, okay? In the Kindle version. All right, that's where... I am 892, one second, yeah, 892 of chapter 11. We would like to pay attention to the treatment, magnetic treatment. I'm not going to say it's like that, but when we go to the Spiritist Center, we have the passes, we're talking about that. Some people they doubt the efficacy of it. Just go through it and you see how powerful it is. Andre Lewis, in the book Mechanisms of Mediumship through Chico Xavier and Valdo Vieira, writes to us a specific chapter about the passes, the laying on of hands in Spiritism, and explains to us that the passes works in parallel to the bloodstream of our physical body, the perispirit as well, inserting new elements that will work in the multidimensional complexity from mind to the perispirit, the physical body. That means if Margarita and Albino, who are incarnated, will be taken in the spiritual realm in an outpost to this treatment, you may receive it too, or loved ones as well. We need to mark it down because these are options for us. But you may ask, does that mean that I can request it? See, if you know, you can. But knowing that the good spirits know better than us, if you prepare yourself when you go to sleep, to receive it, facilitating this, it you make the work of the superior spirits much easier. So how do we prepare ourselves for such treatments, right? Don't go to sleep with your stomach full. 
because that creates impediments for you to emancipate from the physical body, okay? Make sure when you go to sleep that when you have your dinner, it's lighter than lunch. Other reverses people may be doing in many places that they make their main meal dinner and they sleep, you know, right after, etc. It complicates it all. Second, don't drink alcohol. Third, third, make sure that you have your mind in elevated thoughts and feelings by reading beautiful passages, by contemplating beautiful things in nature, in your mind, doing visualizations, meditations. That's a good time to meditate. Some people say, but I can't. If I start meditating, I'm going to sleep. Well, at least you're trying it, you know, right? So that's an opportunity for us. Thank you, Daisy, for sharing the information with our friends here. It's page 307, part 2, chapter 11, in the hard copy of the book. Thank you, thank you. So inner illumination, what is it? It's instruction. In previous chapters, we've heard about moral therapy, and that's what we're talking about. When we saw the spirit of a Father Anselmo bringing passages from the gospel, like, for example, honor father and mother, etc., and asking the spirit who was not a good son in the previous life to talk about the duties of the child before the parents. This is moral therapy, okay? This is inner illumination. Don't we all need it? I think at Cardiac Radio, we are working on it at every single program. And then what is beautiful here is that the higher spirits would be sending supportive emanations to the whole family. Think about it. The good spirits in the spiritual realm, they're never idle. They are always working. They're always sending vibrations to us to sustain our lives. And we're here sometimes like, oh, I'm abandoned. Nobody thinks of me, takes care of me. And you think so. We can't be that ungrateful, right? We can't because when we are, we start connecting with spirits of low order. So let me put a pause here and see if I can answer the question that Teresa Castro made about a previous chapter when she asked about the spirits who take hostage other spirits. Is this against their process of subjugation? Can they not access their will to resist being taken hostage? It's about affinity, Teresa. Hmm? Remember the movie Ghost? You remember the movie Ghost? Remember the scene of that evil man who was paid to, to steal, to kill the other one, remember? When he dies, what happens to his soul? He's taken by, and in the movie, they make dark entities take him over. Well, he is in the frequency of those spirits who are as criminal as he was. So they're not victims. 
Many people commit suicide, but they were criminals. Hmm? We're not talking about people who were like true victims of anything. We're not talking across the board any suicide. We're talking about those who have a load of crime, like we've seen the case of Agenor Penalva. So we will be connecting to the minds that are similar to ours. Right? I think that clarifies. If not, let me know. Okay? Thank you. So what happens next? He had two other children. So we're talking about two of his children, Margarita and Albino. Now, Marietta and Arinda, they were honest, hard workers, and both were in harmony with the circumstances they had to endure. But we did need, they didn't need to worry about them, but they were asked to help the unhappy husband of Arinda. Or Marietta. And interesting enough, interesting enough, Geronimo in his prayer says, I didn't include her husband in my prayers. But Mother Mary didn't forget about him either. This is super duper beautiful. I needed to highlight. Let us visualize a big, beautiful blue translucent highlight highlight this what does that mean you pray to god to the higher spirits now in this case to mother mary so she helps intervene for people whom you love she takes the case studies it deliberates and she goes above and beyond the call of duty she not only helps the ones you've asked for, but she's helping the ones who are connecting to them as well. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This is so, so hopeful. Because it shows to us that nobody is lost. Nobody, even though people may not pray for you specifically, you will receive help. This is huge. We cannot take it for granted. The mercy of these superior spirits is above anything we can even imagine. And you see more details here. The extent of their work. He was caught in the claws of inferior tendencies and had become a tyrant in his home. He was to be closely watched over because he would be amenable to the generous influences pouring out on him. His obsessors were to be arrested and taken to the appropriate astral communities, which would provide them new opportunities and benefits. We can see that the work here in isolation is truly arduous and requires of everyone and increasing goodwill. Okay? This is the words of Roberto de Canalejas, who was asking then a question to Brother Anselmo de Santarém. Have you begun the regenerating endeavor yet? And Brother Anselmo says, yes, we have. 
and with great success. After all, we have the mother of mothers as the sponsor of these cases of redemption. Thus, we can easily foresee a satisfactory outcome. It's amazing. It's as amazing how work, the work of the superior spirits is supreme. Sometimes we think we know of it, but you know, this is being described to us in detail so you and I can visualize a little bit how the good spirits are working on the behind the scenes in the benefit on, the, on behalf of all of us. So that same morning, a petition was sent to the head of the department requesting volunteers for the difficult task. Volunteers. As a matter of fact, all the workers in our colony are volunteers. That means nobody's obliged to help. Hmm? So they keep describing it and they say that they went to Portugal to search for Margarita, who was in a particular area named Ribeira Wharf. And, mamma mia, it was hard. Margarita was in the worst type of life. She was prostituted. She was being abused by men. Okay. Faced with the deplorable scenes in front of us, our nearly our souls were nearly overcome with repugnance. Thus, we needed help via mental communion with the directors of the temple and the higher realms, so that our wills would not be weakened, thereby harming our mission. Pause. Besides continuing the description, observe how these spirits who have a mission operate in synchronicity and in humility with the higher realms. Like Jesus. Jesus was already the governor of our planet he incarnated on earth. But he was often praying to God, asking for strength, asking for help. But you know, sometimes in our spiritist centers, we see people who become independent of the direction of the spiritist center. And that's a failure because look at them. We often refer back and work in synchronicity. We can't be independent to the point that we think we can take decisions, make actions without referring back to the team that is directing the center. It doesn't work, even in the higher realms. They are there, they know they were prepared. Mother Mary sent them, but they say, mental communication, please help us because here it is very hard. We need to refer back, to work in completely, in complete unison 
with the directors of the center to make sure we are effective in operating upon it. That's called humility too. I think this is one of the main lessons in this chapter. Several different parts of this chapter refer to this humble attitude of being connected to the higher realms in order to fulfill the mission, okay? So Margarita was tormented by incessant slander, reviled by degradation, shackled to misery. She looked like a victim. They describe it. She was naked. Her clothes were in tatters and wine soaked from the brutality infected on her. She, her eyes looked crazed from drinking, her mouth drooled, and she was being abused, slapped by the men around. Recalling, Father Anselmo saying, that our orders from higher realms for, or for the poor girl to be taken from that vile environment away, I immediately took extreme measures. I pointed out the wretched woman to one of the security trainees, one of those who were just starting their regenerative work through benevolent service to others and saved. We have orders from the higher astral to get her out of her here right now. Put her to sleep with a strong magnetic discharge using fluidic elements from the incarnates present here. Make it look like she has become violently ill and also make these brutalizing wretches leave. The trainee was skillful. And in spite of his sparse knowledge and low moral level, he applied the therapy. There are many more information in here, but we're going to summarize this way. He immediately got to work. He approached Margarita, passed both hands over her knees. The poor girl staggered and leaned on a nearby, nearby bar stool. He immediately made the same pass over her chest and then her head. She fell to the floor in convulsions, holding her hand to her chest and groaning pitifully. As I was giving instructions to the other volunteers, Osorio approached one of the bewildered men and shouted something in his ear. The men suddenly leapt up and cried out, saying, oh my God, the poor girl is dying because of us. Let us go get out of here. So people are leaving. And interesting enough, as for the rest of us, Mary's servants, we wanted her to be put in a hospital, not jail. For that reason, we kept the police away while we sought to involve the help of some doctor whose charitable sentiments would inspire our trust. A few minutes later, the doctor arrived. He said that she was seriously ill due to the amount of alcohol she had drunk. And since we had enveloped 
him in harmonious currents of compassionate suggestions, he took humanitarian measures on her behalf. And thus, just as we had wished, after the dramatic events of the night, Margarita was taken to the hospital that was charitable enough to keep her while we arranged for her future, future guided by mothers, Mary's generous inspirations. Hold on a second. So you see the details of the intervention. The spirit that was used to produce this convulsion was a former obsessor, so he knew the techniques, but now he's using it for the good, for his own redemption. Father Anselmo has other volunteers making sure that she's taken by a good doctor to a specific hospital that police doesn't come and that she's secured. This is unbelievable. It, and we're talking about somebody who is ordinary just like us. And I say ordinary because sometimes we think only people who are, who is not important to God. Friends, we need to pause to feel the scripture. What does this mean? It means that you're important. It means that all of you, all of us, are so important to God that we will always receive the help that we need, usually beyond our expectations. Because Geronimo didn't know how he could help his family. But Mother Mary could. She could see it. She made a plan so minute for the family and for each and every person. You feel the love. You feel how you're cared for. Are you making it easier for the good spirits to help you and your loved ones? Because Geronimo received the help when he became serene. When he was no longer rebellious. When he surrendered. That's the trick. I mean, he was being helped. But his request was made sincerely when he calmed his anxieties down. We need to calm ours down. Relax and trust. And tell ourselves, everything is well. I am not alone. God is caring for me. God is caring for me. God is caring for me. For children, we would sing so they remember G-O-D, God is here. G-O-D, God is everywhere. God is everywhere with every one of us. There is no doubt that we're always and constantly being guided. But we need to do our part. Geronimo became a facilitator when he became serene. When he stopped being spoiled 
demanding when he became humble enough to request the help and know that he himself could not do it on his own. Mark it down. That's the rule of thumb for us. Okay? So she's taken to a hospital. Okay? She's taken to a hospital. And there in this hospital, they induce coma on her. Let me read for you. <clears throat> they put Margarita in a coma. They induce this coma so they can take her while the body is resting in the hospital to the spiritual realm. Okay, for meticulous examination, which confirmed that the state of her fluidic organization, meaning the perispirit, was poor, precarious, and that a rigorous treatment was urgent. Meanwhile, her physical body was being examined by the incarnate doctor at the hospital, where she lay in a coma. We decided that it would be best for Margarita's future if she remained in a coma for as long as it took to carry out the more urgent moral assistance demanded by the situation. We used the utmost care to infuse her physical material body with the vitality necessary for its health and preservation. After all, she was not really sick by intoxic but intoxicated by the forced ingestion of alcohol. Her organs were normal, but her nervous system had suffered the consequences of her awful lifestyle. Her torment was more of a moral nature, requiring devoted care. The reason why the medical personnel caring for her at the Oporto Hospital were confounded by the coma. So the doctors were looking at her case and see, we don't get it why she's in a coma, because physically... There's no explanation. See, this is the beauty. We don't understand many things, but they are making sure that while she's in a coma, she's being treated perispiritually to balance her nervous system out and also giving her instructions. But now we're going to receive information. The truth, my friends, is that not only was Margarita not evil, but she was not even prone to vice. Her dolorous case was actually a trying expiation, the unavoidable consequence of things she had done in former reincarnations, things that had been clamoring for justice and reparation for centuries. And uh, people are like, why? What happened to her, right? In a previous life, Margarita was incarnated in previous lives. For several lives, she was in a male body. She was a man. But in those lives, she abused women, mistreated them, seduced, raped, and then dishonored respectable homes, violated trusting women, 
spread the degradation of prostitution all around, disgraced and ruined lives, lives, etc. So at some point, the law seized the liberty and granted opportunities to recover from the anomaly, impelling it to be reborn in a female body in order to more effectively taste the evil it had committed against women. Okay? Now, the spirit reincarnated as a woman in order to learn in the disgrace of her violated chastity, of being vilified, discredited, and abandoned, the crucial lesson that it is not without consequence that one infringes any of the commandments of God. How do you think Camilo, Belarmino, Mario Sobral, and others felt when they heard that? You want to know? It's amazing. This book is so comprehensive. An unsettling uneasiness filled our minds with dread at this new explanation. We trembled. We felt as if our skin was covered in cold sweat. We vividly remembered that we too had been men and that our consciousness, consciences had not recorded only the angelical things we had done with regards to such grave issue. However, faced, faithful to being a polemicist, Camilo asked, but if that's the case, why is Geronimo responsible for his daughter's disgrace? Answer, ah, my friend, a little dose of reasoning will be enough for you to grasp the fact that in spite of that being the case, it does not keep the poor father's own conscience from accusing him mercilessly. <clears throat> when Geronimo acted as he did, he was in complete discord with the virtuous dictates of the supreme law. Margarita had reparations to endure, that is true, but in leaving her without any support, her father's suicide was the touchstone that plunged her into the sad events that followed. Indeed, her terrible debt would have been paid over the course of time, one way or another. It might not have been obligatory for her present existence, and would have remained pending for an opportune time in the future. However, by plunging him into the fatal error of suicide, her father's free will precipitated events that he would not have been responsible for otherwise, and he would not have had to suffer the consequences of his remorse in the present. Okay? This is for us a warning. Are we doing things in this current present, avoiding things that may be precipitating our loved ones' expiations before their time, before our loved ones even have physical, moral conditions to withstand those expiations? Do we understand what's happening here? It's important for us to be responsible. I'm not talking about you, but all of us. We need to ask ourselves, 
if my lack of diligence in fulfilling my duties in this reincarnation are precipitating unneeded expiations in our loved ones' lives. Remember, it's all about the banana skin. You're walking on a sidewalk, there is a banana skin. And you think, I didn't do it, I'm not going to pick it up. And then somebody whom you love, without you noticing, is coming right after you. They pass by, they fall, break a leg, and spend six months in a hospital. Do you think you are co-responsible for that? Yes. According to God's laws, we just became co-responsible. The person who threw the skin plus ourselves because we didn't take it away. How many people are invited in spiritist organizations around the world to help, to, to be a team player, and they refuse? They think, me? Who? Who? Me? No, I'm not. No, not me. And they don't see that they are putting, not only themselves, at risk by postponing their duties before God, but they are putting their family members at risk. Because if I customize my life to become a servant of God in this or that organization in my daily life, I have an impact in the life of my loved ones. Vanessa, I'm feeling guilty. Don't. Just work. And you see guilt is going to go away. Right? I agree with you, Sunshine, that this information is very consoling. Because it brings to us the awareness that we are thoroughly cared for by God. Right? Alan Swift is quoting here, Luke 17, verse 1. Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to stumble are about to come, but oh, to one through who they come. Exactly. That's exactly the quote that they have here, too. Thank you, Alan. That's precisely what is in this chapter, too. So, <clears throat> they say that Margarita didn't go through that prostitution because she wanted to. She didn't drink alcohol because she wanted to. She was pushed. She suffered immensely from humiliating situation and was anxious to be free from it. So it was easy for us to help her, to convince her to regenerate herself and to direct her towards a sure goal. I had long conversations with her father and Selma said that while she was in a physical coma, she was taken to the spiritual hospital and Father Anselmo talked to her for six days. Hmm. Since I had been assigned the role of counselor, counselor and hierarchical agent for the guides of truth that work to regenerate penitents. While sheltered there, she was taken to a room that would become conducive 
to the type of conversations that were slated for her, a sort of a parlor where magnetic waves of special power would aid the retention of my words in her conscience, faithfully acting on her memory. Her subconscious would thus collect all my recommendations, which she would recall once awakened and act on them at the opportune time. To start with, Father Anselmo exhorted Margarita to pray, which she did, bathed in tears. I conveyed to her the value of prayer as the redemptive light that could extricate her from the darkness she was immersed in and guide her to rehabilitating steps. Now, mark it down. Faithful to instructions that I received, Father Anselmo said, from the temple through telepathy, I encouraged Margarita to use every effort to leave Portugal and go to Brazil, a hospital land, hospitable land, a friend of the unfortunate while its harbors and she should prefer exile on Brazilian soil because it would become a comfortable dwelling place for her. Because in reality, the spirit is a citizen of the universe. Its true homeland is the infinite, which will enable it to understand that wherever they are, people will always be in their homeland, a place they should love and serve, honoring and helping it ascend towards its lofty moral destiny. She should forget her entire past. Okay? They awakened Margarita because she was not sick. She had a gentle and very easy awakening. The doctors and nurses were astonished, but she woke up very sad and wept inconsolably. She felt some sorrow in her heart. She could not recall one thing that had happened to her in those six days of magnetic sleep, but a vague love, feeling of love, and a sweet longing. Isn't that interesting when you feel the love? So she was induced to find her sisters, Maria and Arianda, and uh, the mates, the, the people who were in the hospital, inspired by the good spirits, gave her the money to find her sisters. And she started helping, working at a hotel as a housekeeper. And then uh, actually uh, her sister met a family who was from Sao Paulo, Brazil, invited her to move there. Margarita would come. So for Margarita, the intervention of heaven for the money needed for her travel came from the roommates. And as she was welcomed by the sister, they rearranged her whole life to be in Brazil. Jerônimo, Belarmino, and everybody else were surprised. But what about the brother, Albino? Well... The answer, Albino is doing very well, maybe even better than his sister. He was imprisoned, 
The isolation of his jail cell has been propitious for meditation, enabling him to reflect maturely and to seek God in the redemptive wings of suffering. Okay? He was also taken to the outpost. He readily accepted the admonitions during sleep time, quickly resigned himself to his awful situation. He understood it all. So it's interesting because he started reading about spiritism and Fernando de la Cerda, who was a police detective incarnated, became a spiritist and as a medium, he used to visit the prisons, talk to the, to the people there and talking to Albino, the good spirits were able to write messages to Albino with the instructions through Fernando de la Cerda, the medium, who was a police detective. Interesting is that this medium, Fernando, works at the outpost in the spiritual realm. And while his industrious spirit is transported there doing deep sleep, he is given instructions about what to do to assist us with the young man in question. This is amazing. It's about you and I helping on earth okay albino was enthralled by those kind-hearted words as they revealed the tenderness that he needed believe it or not the good spirits made sure to keep albino in prison for three more years just to make sure he was being re-educated okay they found it uh They were working with Fernando to obtain, as soon as possible, the transfer of Albino to Africa. And then they were asking, I don't understand it, Mario Sobral was asking. Father Santarem, why would Albino be transferred to Africa instead of Brazil? Albino still needs an eye to be kept on him either by the police or by the guardians in the spiritual world in charge of his future. In Brazil, he would find things too easy. And I agree, being a Brazilian, I agree. He would find things too easy, which could lead him away from the pathway he's been treading since having become friends with Fernando and adherent of spiritism, per se. Mm-hmm. Since he barely begun his regeneration, he's still too weak to overcome the many temptations that would come his way in Brazil as a generous country. In hospital Africa, in hospitable Africa will be more beneficial for his spiritual interests. There's more charity directing him there than to environments that would be contrary to the corrections he is called, being called to make on behalf of his immortal spirit. Are you surprised? So next time you think, oh, poor people who are there, you think, thank God. They are in the environment that God finds best for their regeneration. But that doesn't mean we're not going to help. We're going to help bring relief as we want the relief for ourselves. But we never think that there is what we call injustice.
No. In a world that is presided by God, there's only justice. And whatever we go through, it is just. But that doesn't mean we're not going to help one another. Do we need to help people in Africa? Yes. And anywhere in the world? Yes. It's in God's hands to put an end to people's suffering. But it is in our hands to bring the relief, to bring, to be in solidarity, to be fraternal with one another. Right? Right? Look at Mother Mary. Okay. Now, now, Camilo is talking to Jerônimo. And they're like, what's going to happen next? And then he said, Camilo, my friend, the benefits I have received from the assistance given to my beloved children are so vast and so profound that there will never be enough words to express my gratitude to my Savior's blessed mother. Unless an even greater mercy is extended to me to become a protector of orphans and abandoned children and keep them from falling into the abyss that I saw my own children immersed in. I live with the hope of such miracle, Camilo. I have learned from my devoted instructors in this welcoming place that the spirit lives many lives on the earth. And he keeps talking about it. And of course, he's saying to all of us, I praise God for everything I have received. My dear friend, which for someone like me who did absolutely nothing to merit such mercies above and beyond what I deserve. Now, Camilo asked Brother Santarin, how is Jerónimo going to reincarnate? Okay. It's going to be hard for him. He's going to be bankrupt. He's going to go through physical ailments, much difficulty, because his very spirit needs to heal. We're going to end this chapter today with the exercise for us that we need to do in the next 24 hours. Let us focus today on perceiving the depth of God's mercy for us. Mother Mary heard Jerónimo's request in a prayer and answered above and beyond the request itself, miles away from the request. How many things happens in our lives and we are still taking for granted the extension of the help we have been receiving. So in the next 24 hours, our task is to verify in the next 24 hours, huh? if we can perceive things we haven't seen regarding God's providence in our lives. Shall we? This is our exercise. Observe the blessings that we have not observed yet, and see what we discover. Shall we? This is the exercise for us in the next 24 hours. For now, we're inviting you to pray 
That's our service time now, together. Let us pray. I'll play the Ave Maria, and we're going to pray together for the suicidal spirits that exist around the world, joining forces with Mother Mary to make sure that we partake in this effort of relief to those who are suffering immensely in this world. It matters to us. We are all interconnected. Shall we, friends? Let us feel it. Can you visualize Mother Mary? Visualize Mother Mary. Visualize her beautiful smile, her compassionate look, her maternal radiation. She's pure understanding. Let us visualize her blanket of blue light enveloping all of us in harmonizing energies. Let us visualize ourselves emanating wishes of relief and rescue to suicidal spirits around the world. May this blanket of blue healing light envelop each and every one of them in warmth, loving energies. Dear Mother Mary, your intervention in our lives, in the lives of those who suffer the most, is so profoundly loving that we are in awe we would like to express our gratitude by offering our best thoughts, feelings and actions towards your enterprise of love on earth, together with Master Jesus. We pray that suicidal spirits and those who are incarnated thinking of suicide, hear your words, telling them, this shall pass, this shall pass, this shall pass. Beloved Mother, may we feel the harmonious currents that come from your very heart and stay tuned to your mercy, asking for your help also to our loved ones 
the ones who are suffering the most. May we stay under this inspiration of love as we commit ourselves to be more useful and more compassionate as well. And so be it. Thank you, friends, for joining us today at Lifting Hope. We're here at Kardec Radio, always nourishing ourselves together. And God willing, we'll be together tomorrow again for another moment of Lifting Hope with Yvonne Pereira and Camilo Botelho in Memoirs of a Suicide. A big hug to you, dear friends. And until tomorrow, God willing.